0: Hey, it's Sarah. The tables get turned in today's episode. Instead of myself or Dimity being the host, we are the guests. We are interviewed by Sarah Gross on her show Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. That's where this episode originally aired. So please give a listen. It is kind of about the backstory of what Another Mother Runner is and how we got to where we are today. Enjoy. Welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast.
1: I'm your host, Sarah Gross, Ironman champion, PhD in women's history, and founder and CEO of Feisty Media. Hello, Feisties. My guests for this episode left me feeling incredibly inspired by the brand and the business they've built, and most of all, by the incredible global community they have created. Another mother runner, maybe you've heard of them. They started in 2010 with one book, and now the brand has three popular podcasts, shares two blogs per week, does social media content, hosts the Train Like a Mother Club, they sell training programs, and have an annual retreat, and more. Today, I talked to the co-founders of this community, Dimity McDowell and Sarah bowen Shea. Sarah and Dimity have been creating content and community for women for 20 years and have a lot to say about the gaping content holes in the running world for women and for mothers. We discuss how ultimately listening to each other, creating safe spaces to talk about things that aren't discussed elsewhere, and human connection are the connective tissue that keeps their community running happy. Sarah and Dimity really kept me laughing and guessing as they unpacked their experiences of engaging authentically with feisty runners over more than two decades. I'm sure you will enjoy this interview as much as I did. Sarah, Dimity, welcome to the Women's Performance
0: Podcast thanks for having us on Sarah yeah excited to be here.
1: I'm excited to have you both here as well like I said before the show um I've been creeping you for several years since I started feisty media and I'm very keen to hear about how you built what you've built um and also what you've learned along the way so Sarah, maybe we'll start with you what like what did you play sports growing up?
0: no, I was a reader, not an athlete. I come from a very bookish family so I love spending time outdoors but Often I would read outside uh, in trees, and uh, but I was not out there moving around all that much. So I took up sports. I start, played a little tennis in high school and dabbled in running in high school. But then it was really through joining the rowing team in college that got me just absolutely devoted to to being athletic and moving my body.
1: Wow. So you went from not playing sports as a kid to a college rowing team?
0: It was at the time <laughs> it was a club sport. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, and interestingly enough, Dimity ended up being on the same college team, but six years after I left. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Dimity, what was your sports background? Were you an athlete? I-,
2: I was, but again, not, not an endurance athlete. Like I ran, I mean, th- my memories of the presidential physical fitness test are, Nightmares still, right? Of like that mile (laughs) test in fifth grade or whenever it was, the shuttle run with the erasers. No, it's uh, not a runner. Um, but yes, I played tennis in high school as well. I played softball, a little bit of basketball, but not much. Um, but wasn't really, I wouldn't have considered myself an athlete. But then I got to college and, um, like Sarah said, I joined the rowing team as well. It was at Colgate University. We both went to Colgate, um, but it was a club team at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a varsity sport now. And both Sarah and I are really tall. I'm almost six four and Sarah is what? 511, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so height is really good for rowing, um, which I didn't know. I grew up in the Twin Cities. We didn't have rowing there. I wasn't aware of it. And so when I got to Colgate and I'm walking around campus, um, the, the crew coach like basically recruited me because I was <laughs> really tall. Um, cause you get a lot of leverage on the oar when you're tall. Um, mm. so. So yeah, so we both were on the crew team, like Sarah said, at different times. Um, and I was the captain of the team my senior year. Um, it was the 20th year of women rowing at Colgate. And so Sarah, there was a banquet
1: <laughs> and Sarah came
2: <laughs> to the banquet, uh, with her then husband, who was also a Colgate grad. And, um, I met her and that's kind of how we started our relationship. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so okay. That was my next question. So you didn't actually meet at college, but you met at a college event.
0: Yes, because yeah, I'm six years older than Dimity is, and so I was already, I was long gone from Hamilton, New York, by the time she got there. So yes. So what Dimity is leaving out is that she she stood up and read a poem that she had wrote about Polgate <laughs> Crew that she had written, and <laughs> so um so she literally stood out in my mind because of doing that. It was a lovely poem, and and um, because she
1: was six four, and because she's quite tall.
0: <laughs> so so then um. Colgate has a very active alumni network, and so when Dimity was looking for a job in magazines, she asked the alumni office, like, hey, are there any Colgate alum in magazines? And so they were like, well, here's a list of some, and and I was one of them. I worked at a magazine called Walking in Boston, and so Dimity typed me? Yes. Typed. Or did you handwrite that? Uh, yeah. Letter? Oh, yeah. This was pre email. So this yeah, was so, like, oh, I yeah. mean, this
2: is 95, 96. So yeah, I typed you. I mean, I didn't type it. I put it in the computer and printed it out, but it was not. Oh, email. OK. It was, it, well, but it was via, not handwritten. Uh, is,
0: that was the other choice. Was it <laughs> handwritten? <laughs> no, no, So so she wrote me a letter. And so then to my office, and then we talked on the telephone and I helped her, um, get an interview and, and that's, um, was Dimity's start in magazines. And so then we overlapped at different, um, events, media events back in the boondoggle days, you know, Nike or Adidas or somebody like that would bring various journalists to events. And so we got to hang out and, you know, I don't know, Moab or Jackson Hole or, um, Wherever else, that was pretty swanky and get to um, mountain bike and hike and run and all that stuff. So we became friends that way.
1: Right. So you sort of met through journalism rather than through sport or running. Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. what I'm hearing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, Sarah's,
2: uh, she's leaving out the first job that she helped me get was um, at Women's Sports and Fitness Magazine. Sarah, I don't know if you uh, were aware of that, but like it was back when it was started by Billie Jean King Mm -hmm. um, way back in the day. And I used to like, like crave that magazine that's the wrong verb but um i would like go to barnes and noble and buy it off the shelf because i liked it so much you know it was it was hard to find it was not you know um women's day or whatever so not around anymore like most magazines but it was very it was like the first i feel like the first first women's sports magazine that actually like took women's sports seriously
1: yeah that's so interesting i actually did a little bit of research about women's sports that magazine so yeah <laughs> and um and how, like, back in the day, like, when they first tried to cover women's sports and when Billie Jean King was, like, kind of all over that, there was, there wasn't the audience to have an entire magazine dedicated to women's sports. But it ended up just going more and more down this, like, fitness train of, like, yes. oh, but people would buy, like, how do I, I get, like, it was the 90s, right? Like, how do I get skinnier, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. and, or, or whatever?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so, like, then it, like, and then it eventually, I think, got, um. Bought and like kind of brought into Self Magazine. I think it was self-ish. yeah. It was
2: bought by Condé Nast. Yes. And yes. so They they own like Vogue and Glamour and all the you know GQ, all the kind of really slick magazines. And it it definitely got a better butt makeover. I mean, I also worked at um, Sports Illustrated for Women, which was like around oh. for like a year or maybe eighteen, maybe a little bit longer than that, maybe two mm-hmm. years. But it is a very hard sell um getting it's it's gotten a ton better and I'm so excited about where we are right now with women's soccer, women's basketball, you know, there's a new women's volleyball league starting, Um, but getting women's sports to have the attention and have the readership and the, you know, the excitement around it that, and the, and the coverage, right. It's just, it, I mean, I feel like, I feel like it should be solved at this point. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But, but I feel like I've had a front row seat to trying to, fix parts of that, right? I know people are really uh, much more devoted to it than I am, but it's one of those things where it is a hard puzzle to solve.
1: Yeah. And that's why, like, I was kind of looking into it because it's so interesting to me that it feels like Billie Jean King with those types of projects and all the people who worked on that stuff, they were just ahead of their time. Yes, right? And yes. now we have this interest in in women's sports Right. Um, and also in women's health in different ways, not not just to get a better butt situation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, are there some differences that you've noticed like the last few years?
0: Mm. I mean, I, the only thing that springs to my mind is that Instagram makes back front and center better butt and, you know, I don't know, more contoured face. And uh, I don't know, sometimes that health and wellness can kind of become a uh, I don't know, just a. Gosh, an enticement on Instagram that doesn't really, or other forms of social media that doesn't really have to do with health and longevity and wellness and self fulfillment and, and things like that. Um, so that's kind of a negative attitude, which wasn't what you were looking for. <laughs> that's Okay,
1: no, I love it because I I sometimes live in this world of optimism. You know, <laughs> like, that's also very true.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I would say the one thing that Instagram and and other things have brought out is people. Yes, certainly we present ourselves and like the, you know, we take 17 videos to put out the best one, right? Um, so you don't, it's not that realistic, but it is realistic in that people are talking more about different things. You know, they're talking more, um, candidly about depression or body image issues or, I mean, menopause or all those things that are, that used to be, I mean, literally last night I was, um, sitting with my husband after dinner. And, um, I was talking about how it's so hard for me to get up in the morning now. Like I used to, I mean, I never was like, well, I've always been an early bird, but like literally getting out of bed. Like it's not just my, my head that I don't want to get out of bed. It's that I just have this like lethargy on me. I mean, I'm 51. I'm going through perimenopause and, um, and he's like, it's so interesting that that's coming around now. And I'm like, it's always been there, Grant. It's just that people <laughs> never talked about it before. You know, like it's that we're women maybe, maybe were talking about it with themselves, but now menopause is on the New York, you know, the, the Sunday magazine and the New York Times, you know, so now men actually know more about it. So I would say that that is one thing that I've seen that's different. But I mean, unfortunately, like the beauty standards, again, that's like a, I think that's a rock. We're going to keep pushing uphill for a while
1: but i like mm-hmm. i like that we're keeping keeping it moving right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah absolutely okay so let's go i really want to hear about your story about how you created another mother, mother runner what need you saw that you were sort of filling um how did you how did you start you were working together on media projects you were both writers
2: yeah so i had um i we both had children um sarah has uh, a an older daughter and then boy girl twins and I have an older daughter and I was pregnant with my second kid who is a boy. Um, and I had had some postpartum depression after I had my first kid. And I was like, okay, I do not want to do that again. That was not a very pleasant way to experience being a mom. And so um, I was like, okay, I'm going to need a goal. I'm going to run a marathon <laughs> after I have kid number two. And um, yeah, start and, small, you know, I, Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, so I was like, who can I ask that is not going to say no? Because if I asked a friend that was kind of like, are you sure that's a good idea? I would have probably been like, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't do that. I should aim for a 10K or a 5K. Um, and, uh, so Sarah came to mind because again, we'd gone on these adventures and I kind of knew that she had an adventurous spirit. So, um, so long story short, we ended up running the Nike women's marathon together, which it's not around anymore, but it was in San Francisco. We ran it in 2007. Um, I mean, my kids were, I think like one and four, one and three ish. Sarah and yours were a little bit older. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Five and,
0: uh, two or Two and a half, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we wrote about it
2: for Runner's World. Um, And we wrote a feature called the Marathon Moms. um, And we kind of wrote about it. And at that point, it felt like running was still very much like a split sport, go to the track, like track your heart rate kind of thing, you know, like very much for like elite people, or at least in my mind, that's what it felt like. And we came at running like, oh my gosh, I need this endorphin high. I need to beat depression. I want to lose some baby weight. I want to listen to, like, something that isn't baby beluga. Um, I want to spend some time with my friends, you know, because I don't see them anymore. So we get up first thing in the morning and laugh together. And so, yes, you know, we've always thought that the time on the clock matters. I mean, it would be a lie to say it doesn't. But we came at running from, like, a lot of different angles and not just, like, how fast can you go, but what else can it bring to your life, um, and that's, that's what the, the crux of the magazine article was. And that turned into the book, Run Like a Mother, um, how to get moving and not lose your family job or sanity. And that came out in 2010. And again, we kind of really like crowdsourced that, made it kind of a communal effort, like asking different questions and stuff in that and like having, you know, like the question would be like, I don't know, what do you eat before a run? Or probably there was a better question than that. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but, you know, but they were like 10 great answers, right? You know, from people. And we would see like Sarah in Canada said this, you know? And so it already brought in this feeling of like a team, like a kind of camaraderie um, and that we were all just kind of moving forward together.
1: Did you did you see it as a community first?
0: Mm, I have to say, that Dimity is a visionary, that uh, (laughs) Dimity is, Dimity is, Dimity is from the Midwest. And so (laughs) Dimity, and I say that with love in my heart, because Dimity thinks about other people before she thinks about herself. And so from the get go, when we started promoting this bright yellow book at race expos, being two incredibly tall women, she was like, Sarah, this is going to be about other people. This isn't about us. This is about, and Dim used the word community, way before it was a buzzword in marketing and all that stuff and social media. And so from day one, it was about Another Mother Runner, which we named after about a year of being around, um, was, was about community, about the other people, and about uniting people, because what we see is that running like motherhood can be very isolating and and done in isolation. And so, you know, I live in Portland, Oregon, so I can look out my dining room window and see people running by the house. You know, there's a whole lot of runners here. But if you live in rural Nebraska, if you live in, you know, I don't know, a small town in Alabama, something like that, you are maybe not going to see other runners. Or when you drop your kid off at preschool, you're not going to meet other women who are standing there in their you know, capris and sports bra and a little zip up tank type thing. And so that we wanted to let all those women know that there were other people very similar to them with the same interests, the same goals, the same desires, and to give them them all a gentle nudge out the door and remind them to put themselves first on their to-do list at least once a day.
1: Right. And why was the why would the content created for runners generally, like the things written for runners generally or the hot, the runners podcast, like why did that not speak to mothers specifically? Like, what do you feel like was missing that these people needed to connect or needed to be needed something different?
2: I mean, I've never stand, stood on a running podium in my life ever at a race. You know, I, I mean, we say we lead from the middle of the pack. And now I would say we lead from the back of the pack, Sarah. <laughs> um, I mean, so it wasn't necessarily that like those weren't speaking to me. It was just like performance matters, right? I'm not – again, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I I like – you know, I, I set some goals for myself. Like I wanted to – beat, you know, 150 and a half marathon. I didn't ever do it, but that was like one of my goals, right? Um, I wanted to go under four in a marathon. Never did that either. But like I had those kind of in the back of my head, but I held them loosely um, in the idea that running just brought so much more to my life. And again, at the time it just felt so performance oriented. And Mm -hmm. I mean, talk to a mom who and 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 all women, I mean, we we definitely obviously mother is in the name of our brand, but I do think that we can talk to You know, women, we do talk to women that are, you know, dog moms or don't have any kids or pets because we're all busy and we all have a lifestyle that doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily conducive to taking time for yourself and setting goals. And, but if you go back and you think to this like woman who, you know, maybe has a five year old and a three year old, which is again, kind of where we started, like I am so tired. I am so like feeling wrung out already, I'm like subsisting on like you know leftover chicken nuggets, and i'm not if I go out and say if I don't hit these splits, which is again what I felt like, what running was like, if I don't hit you know my nine thirty splits or whatever I want for my run, that's gonna be a failure, like no, no, mm-hmm. like I got out, my gosh, I moved my body i you know i beat the forces that were pulling me to the couch. And I mean, it it sounds so different because social media is so pervasive now, but back in 20 like 2010, 2011, it didn't it didn't feel that way. It really felt like it was like the realm of people who were very serious about the sport and were serious enough but were not too serious, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Does that make sense?
1: Totally does. And Sarah, here's what I'm wondering. So I had my daughter actually in 2010 Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and at the time I remember and I was a pro triathlete and I remember literally the information I had about coming back from pregnancy was like from blogs of other elite athletes who mm-hmm. had done it. Like there was yeah. not it was not like go find the scientific research or the articles about this or the book about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. did you like did you at some at any point did you talk about like the science of the science side of women specific? Um, mm. Like the women's specific needs, or was that just not a thing? Was it more just about like community and recognizing that recognizing each other, almost like recognizing that you had different needs to other runners and knowing each other in the community?
0: Yeah. So I would have to say, going back to our Colgate education, our well-rounded liberal arts education, we are not heavy on the science. I mean, Dimity is a certified running coach, certified strength coach. So she has the chops for all of that, but we don't present ourselves to, you know, be the next Stacy Sims. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and have a, you know, stack of research next to us that we understand completely, but we do as journalists, we have talked mm-hmm. to mo- far more than our fair share of experts. I mean, uh, you know, we both wrote for Fit Pregnancy and Shape and Self and Health and all those women's magazines. And so that we talk to you know people at the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology and and all those sorts of things so we we know you know we have a breadth of knowledge that then we can impart but for us it's really kind of about um informing entertaining educating and encouraging and just keeping people moving forward and like i said putting yourself first on your to-do list mm. and and yeah so um yeah, but I mean, I know that, you know, back when we started in 2010, it was tough to even find doctors who would give you very ad- cutting edge information. Tell you to know, run was,
2: during pregnancy. Yeah, even. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was it was about yeah. like,
0: you know, oh, keep your heart rate under such and such. There was, yeah. you know, it was just all very... um by the book and didn't really have a grasp of, well, if the woman's already doing this, then it's not going to be a big shock to her system, but keep doing it when she's growing a baby that still, you know, at this point is only, you know, a couple inches long, you know, <laughs> like it's not going to knock her over to go out and put in some miles.
1: Yeah, that's definitely was what I was told like Mm -hmm. to continue doing what i'm doing basically Mm -hmm. was left on me like nobody gives you any advice Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like you decide thanks doc okay (laughs) yeah um cool okay and so in terms of like the evolution of another mother runner like you you start your writing you write this book eventually there's another book right two more books yeah Mm -hmm. two more books you have a podcast you start a podcast at some point and then I'm guessing you have like communities.
0: So, so yeah, so, so we, so Dimity and I, um, you know, it was about community and, but we didn't set out to start a brand. And so it just grew very organically yet. Another word that we really didn't know was a buzzword in the marketing world. And so that we see another mother runner as a tree with many branches and just, a a you know, one year would pass and another branch would be on the tree. And so it was the podcast in 2011, you know, it was our training program, train like a mother club after our second book, train like a mother came out. And It We got marketing partnerships. We had online merchandise. Again, going back to we were at those expos and people would be intimidating to come up to us, to Amazons and buy a book from us. And so just we kind of layered all these supportive, entertaining, educating things on top of each other. But, you know, I mean, a lot of our success came from social media, from our community there. By and large, Another Mother Runner is online. We do have a few in-person touch points if you want to say that um we have a a retreat we had our first retreat um running retreat in 2015 uh dimity leads programs last year launched a program called better together so that um people train in their respective you know towns and then convene on one place to do a marathon or a, a shorter race last year was indianapolis this year it's going to be richmond And then we go to race expos occasionally. We do podcast recording parties, sometimes in person, but we do not have in-person, you know, meet at Saturday at 10 a.m. at this corner or this coffee shop and go for a run together. That is just a level of um, coordination and details that would need a much larger um, uh, back office than we have. Let's say that. Yeah. (laughs) How's our back office looking these days, Timothy? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so yeah. that totally makes sense. And I get to ask a question that someone that people always ask me, but just kind of a, um, like they always ask me, like, how do I make my money? So, Dimity, it sounds like you know you have you have training programs that you sell. You have yeah, yep, um, exactly. You have some media partners. You know, yeah.
2: So we so the training programs we have, um, we have uh marketing partners. Yep. So we, you know, promote a brand or a, a product that we really like. And one of the things, you know, I'm just backing up for one second, <clears throat> Sarah, like all the things that we've done, like have been organic. It's mostly stuff that we just felt like we wanted in our lives. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not yep. like we had a business plan to be like, oh, we we're gonna head into podcast now. I mean, you know, we. So it's it's just been one of those things like oh you know what we would like to like to hear some women chatting on <laughs> you know so again 2011 was just, it was a little bit different than the saturation of the market now. So anyway, so um so podcast revenue, um marketing partner revenue, tra- training plans, um we also have merchandise like Sarah mentioned. Those mm-hmm. kind of the four main um Well, in our
0: Many happy miles Well, that's the training program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a, but it's an annual membership versus, um, you know, our Train Like a Mother Club is if you're, uh, you know, want to run a half marathon, a 5K, an Ironman, um, do a nutrition program. But then there's many Happy Miles, which Dimity geniusly oversees. And it's a a workout every single day. It lasts for a year. Um, Dimity could talk more about that with um, more information. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so... What is, here's a question. What has surprised you the most?
2: Even though we set out to to make it about community, like it never was like, okay, we're like gonna grow by this many or do this many. But what is so fun and what has been the most rewarding for, for my uh, perspective anyway is just seeing the connections that people make. You know, often at retreats, we'll stand up and be like, you know, a lot of people come by themselves and will say, you know, when you leave, you're going to have 40 new friends. And, you know, it's probably true of a lot of retreats, but, you know, then they're going off and doing Ragnar together or they're going off and doing something else fun together. And, you know, when they come back and, and just the strength of the community, um, you know, there are times when, you know, in, in one of the private Facebook pages, someone will put up something that isn't running related and they're having some kind of, you know, s- small crisis in their life and, People just jump in like they're their next door neighbor, you know, or like they went to high school together. And that is just I mean, you know, that is that just gives me the chills when I see that, because mm-hmm. I just know that it's just like it is a very solid friendship connection and it's something that people can rely on and. I just, I, you know, with the epidemic of loneliness and all the other stuff going on in the world these days, I just really know I like like that we're kind of like a soft place to land and, and people know mm-hmm. that they're going to come in and, and be supported.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say building on that. I mean, that was definitely the first thing that sprung to my mind. And, and what Dimity alluded to is um, one thing was um, we did a few Ragnars. We kind of fielded a team of people. It was a contest to be uh, on a Ragnar team with us. We did one in Napa Valley and one in Maryland. And the we're coming up on the 10... This summer is the 10-year anniversary of the Napa Valley one. And they're having a reunion of it. Like, they've got the Airbnb all picked out. You know, <laughs> Warren, are Dimity and I are invited. I'm seriously considering going. And I mean, those people are on um, Marco Polo's where they are communicating several times a day. And I mean, that's over a decade with people that they spent, what, two, three days with? And that they're just so important in each other's lives. Going to pause for a quick break. Stay with us.
1: I definitely, and we've touched on this a little bit, but I want to flesh this out a bit more. Like, I know that we're kind of we're entering a new era for women's sports, it seems. Like more money's being invested. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, from the time that you first started kind of writing about women's running. Um, What has changed for mothers and for women who run since then until now? What are the main changes that you've seen?
0: One thing that springs to my mind is that mothers are still competing on a very high professional level. And so that it doesn't mean that it's the end of their career when they decide to take the mother off-ramp. It's not an off-ramp. It's just a, a you know, way station along their journey. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, whether it's Shalane Flanagan adopting kids, you know, or Kara having kids, you know, her son, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that then they can jump back into their career and continue pursuing it. And if it's not a professional career, they can continue striving for PRs, you know, wanting to stand on that podium and really still reaching those goals. Mm -hmm. so it doesn't motherhood doesn't mean the end of your athletic superiority
1: yeah that's that's a great one I remember when like um Paula Radcliffe and Kara Goucher were kind of like these I don't know pioneers in the space it's like Mm -hmm. they're doing track workouts while they're pregnant Mm -hmm. you know and now we know like it's okay (laughs) yeah yeah a lot of athletes moving through that phase like you say
2: Six of an ultra and you're just like, oh my God, I couldn't even, you know, get to mile 33 and I'm not, you know, I'm not pregnant. I don't have an infant or whatever. So, you know, there is that, like that little bit of that superwoman bit to it sometimes, I think mm-hmm. that can, that can bring in that, uh, comparison element. But the fact that it's even there, I think is, is a big picture thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm also thinking just about like for the average woman runner too, like has the zeitgeist kind of in the way that we talk about someone who's a mother and runs, has that shifted in particular since you first started writing about it? Like, so for example, if you two were writing for running magazines, right, mm-hmm. was there, was kind of like the way that we talked about women and running together, was mm-hmm. it different 20 years ago to now?
2: I mean, talking about running specifically, I don't think so, just because I think you think of runners. I mean, when I, if I were to have an assignment for Runners World magazine right now, I would just think of it as this person as a runner, whether they're male, male or female, you know, they want to. Um, so so as runners, no, but I do think that there's those shades of, you know, now that we know like what happens when you're period, you know, when you're on your period, what happens with your performance? Like that's something that, I, you know, if I was writing for women runners, I would bring that into um, my consciousness, if it made sense to, to bring it up in the article, or, um, again, like thinking about stuff like, um, perimenopause or even like depression or thyroid issues or stuff that like comes up again, more frequently with women now, because we're more aware of stuff. I, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that feels like I could potentially, it could be part of the discussion instead of just, again, just focusing solely on performance. Yeah. So, you know, if we're looking to, you know, increase your stride length, no. But if we're looking to, okay. you know,
0: maximize a six month training schedule, yes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do, do, um, when I mentioned earlier about how our, we were kind of able to leverage social media channels to our advantage, which we are, would not be able to do these days because, you know, big tech owns us all and, and, <laughs> and they're driving the ship and that, that so, that um, one way that we uh really grew our Facebook community was through something called TMI Tuesday. So, the first post every Tuesday mm-hmm. morning was a topic that people would have deemed taboo back when we started. There, it was people were not talking about, I'm gonna have my period on race day, what am I gonna do? I, I bled through my capris, <laughs> you know, what should I be doing? Um, I, I'm thinking about getting an IUD, does it? will it sideline me for my running or something like that? And so that we, us talking about that and bringing those things out into the open was far more, um, um, uh, no, I don't want to say shocking or scandalous. Cause that's what those are way too strong words, but it yeah. was more surprising. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. And so that, and because also then people would be like, Oh, well gosh, my friend Allison commented on that. Another mother runner thing talking about, you know, how, how she you know handles breastfeeding with training maybe i want to go over there and see what they're talking about so that um so we did leverage that part of the conversation um to help our community to have our community have a greater reach and to really speak to women and let them know that they like dimity said this is a safe place to land and that we can talk about anything as as we often say nothing's um too basic or too much information um, one thing that has really surprised me over the years with Another Mother Runner is how our community, both in its essence and in its actuality, has remained so positive and so mm-hmm. supportive that, as I said, Another Mother Runner is largely online, mm-hmm. and as the years have tracked forward, you know, social media and online life gets far more ugly, far more contentious, And yet, somehow, another mother runner has been able to maintain just this supportive, positive vibe, and it just feels really special. And the few times that we have even veered, things have veered, even the tiniest toward negativity, people from the community, before we can even get on there to moderate things, which um, we don't do, you know, we don't steer the conversation with too heavy of a hand, people would jump in and support us and say, well, I don't think Sarah meant that. Or, you know, that that just amazingly that, that I don't know, that I think everybody in the community knows how special it is and feels how special it is and wants to maintain that and wants to help in any way they can to maintain that. So that's been really very life affirming. And, and that might sound a little maudlin to say that, but I, I mean that sincerely that it, um, the The sanctity and the safety of our space is important to us, and it's important to our community Members. I love
1: that we you've been able to maintain that as you've grown, you know, because one of the things I've noticed is that, like we have in feisty, we have a few different communities and in those communities, especially on Facebook there tends to be this core group that started out positive and as it grows it, it can get a little bit unruly you mm, know? yeah and then sure. we have to make this like no assholes rule we call it <laughs> <laughs> like we literally you know when you sign up for the page and they can send you like you're not allowed in unless you agree not to be an asshole and we tell mm. you what that means mm. you know yeah. Wow. yeah um so we rarely have to there's maybe been a, a couple people that we've had to um boot yeah. out but yeah.
2: We have a kind of uh, we have a a group of ambassadors which know this rule. Um we 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 are very direct when we tell them and and other people who um are part of the community they may or may not but we pretty much like don't allow conversations about politics or religion just because mm. that's just you know that's everywhere else. If you need to go talk about those kinds of things like absolutely we understand they're at the forefront of a lot of important things in our lives right now but mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a space to talk about You're running about you're moving forward about, you know, anything else going on as far as your healthy athletic being. But, um, but so it's, it's nice. I mean, that kind of weeds out a lot of the asshole situations just because they're not (laughs) going to disagree on that. You know, it's not, it's not allowed.
1: Yeah, for sure. Is there in your groups, do you find there's a, I don't, I don't know what to say. There's a large amount of talk about weight loss or has that not been the case for you all?
2: You know it's funny I'm in um a a couple other women's like active groups, and weight loss is definitely a focus um you know we have a couple nutrition programs where um we have private Facebook pages for that, and that that is obviously uh comes up in discussion. It doesn't come up as much as you would think it would and around another mother runner and I think that's really because we again we lead from the back of the pack we are not um we're not looking we I, really with many happy miles, that membership program, like our whole thing is just keep moving forward, whatever it looks like for you, just keep moving forward. And, you know, I stopped running myself um, in about, well, it's 2000. I uh, should have stopped a couple years before that, but didn't, ha- didn't quite have it. Hey, any not, need 2000. To do it. not 2000. Not uh, 2000. 2020. I'm sorry. 2020. <laughs> I had a couple twos and zeros in there. Um, <laughs> 2020. Um, and I, and, and doing that and stopping running, I mean, that was a big, big, uh, leap for me. Um, Mm -hmm. but I was like, you know what, my body hurts so much. I can't do this anymore and pretend like Mm -hmm. it's all okay. Right. And so like, i be, I've become a hiker. I ride my bike a lot more. And I think me doing that, um, not the people needed permission to stop running, but it's kind of been like, okay, you know what, you can move forward in different ways. And with that, you know, our bodies are going to change shape Our, you know, it's just life it's aging. Um, so I mean, Sarah and I don't talk much about weight loss ourselves, I mean, mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. actually. Um, so we really try to just focus on, like, because fitness and skinny are two different things, you know, our fitness and, and what we consider, like, to be socially acceptable can sometimes be two different things. So we're more on the fitness side of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And the reason I asked is because that's the kind of, it's like, you know, our feisty communities, we really want to get away from like we only talk about body image in the way of talking about all the ways that we've been negatively affected by c- cultural messaging and what that is yeah. and how that works but really we want to get away from that like weight loss focus and more into like acceptance and loving our bodies so i was just wondering if that's something that had come up yeah
0: me. no it's a I good mean, question you mm-hmm. know i was gonna say w- last week on the friday podcast the another mother runner podcast we had an intuitive eating um registered dietitian and she uh weaves mindfulness into her practice and that episode really seemed to uh resonate with a lot of people and so we kind of approach um weight and weight m- uh maintenance or um those types of topics from some different angles and not just you know weight loss i mean you hear NPR and you hear you think that you know Ozempic is you know I don't know, in, in public water systems these days or something like that. And, and that's not, it's not a topic that really comes up in our audience. So, yeah, that's great. And that speaks to
1: the environment you've created. So,
0: mm. yeah, it's nice that's... of you to say that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So what is next for another mother runner? I know it, I mean, you're, you said you, you never set out to build a brand to do this, <laughs> do you have plans for the future?
0: Mm. Um, one thing I am looking to, that we're looking to do, I mean, Dimity and I, we traveled so much in the early days of Another Mother Runner. I mean, can't tell you the number of hotel rooms that Dimity and I have shared and watched, you know, uh, love it or listed and, uh, international house hunters, you know, and always picked the wrong pied-a-terre that they would buy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so we traveled a lot when our kids were younger. And then I think we both realized that that was um, I'll speak for myself. It was taking a toll on my um, family life and the time I was able to spend with my family. So we both, you know, kind of tapered that back some. And so then, but now Dimity and I are, are both pursuing some uh, programs with another mother runner that involve being back on the road somewhat more. And I'll let Dimity talk about a couple of those, but that I'm uh, going to do a couple on the road, podcast recording parties this year, which we haven't done very much. I mean, one-off we'd go down to, uh, we're longtime partners with goo energy labs. And so we would go, I get to go to shucks, twist my arm. I get to go to Berkeley every year to record a podcast Mm -hmm. there. But, um, so going to a couple different places because we, we really did grow AMR from, you know, brick by brick, even though it's virtual. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. So that going to those places and meeting people across the country, was really profoundly positive uh, on our business and our personal growth and our enjoyment of things
2: yeah so um so this year so Sarah mentioned we did this program called Better Together last year in Indianapolis, where we paired like first time half marathoners and marathoners with like more experienced ones for kind of a mentor protege relationship mm-hmm. and it was really fun i mean it's it's a lot of uh coordination to get people to, to, you know, be able to be in Indianapolis in one weekend and fit the, you know, and, and, uh, want to run a half marathon or a marathon. Um, but, but when, when we were done with that, one of the women was like, okay, I never want to run a, another race. That's not like this, right. To have this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by teammates. I've got my coaches there. Like, it just feels like a celebration. And I know for myself, like, I'm, I'm done going to events by myself, right? Like I did the, um, national champion aqua bike, um, in New York one year and I really, I trained hard for it. I did well at it and I was there by myself and like, great. Like I did it, you know, but I just didn't have any kind of sense of fulfillment for myself, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so that's really what I want to concentrate on as, as, as like the person who does most of the training programs. So, we're going to do a hike like a mother program again, kind of evolving into moving forward in different ways. We're going to do this. There's an event called the mammoth march, which is a 20 mile hike. They're all around the country. And then we're going to do one in Delaware together. Um, or actually it's in Maryland, but those states are so close together. I get them
1: confused. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it's in Maryland and then, um, and then we're going to do better together in Richmond. That's, I mean, I love the virtual part of it. I will say the in real life part of it is. Where like the magic times two happens, you know, like where those mm-hmm. friendships form, where you make memories, where and it's it's hard to find people that you know. If I were to say to any of my friends around my neighborhood here, like do you want to go hike twenty miles tomorrow, like no, they don't want to do that. They want to like walk their dog around the neighborhood, you know. So mm-hmm. to 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 find those people that have similar interests, um, is pretty cool. So that and and then we'll just kind of see what comes. I mean, that's the beauty of having a small business and um and just kind of having you know dreams and and ideas come to you and you're just like, well, let's see if we can do it, you know
0: and uh, and I was going to say, um it's not quite forward motion there's some a uh, fair bit of side to side motion, but I'm an avid pickleball player. Oh, and,
1: I I forgot to mention the pickleball. Uh, thank, thank you. I'll bring it up. I'll thing. be the Excellent. one. Everybody chug. Sarah's mentioned yeah.
0: pickleball. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. So I'm you know looking into um. I don't. You know, we've added pickleball to some of our retreats, and um, I don't know who knows. There, I sometimes um, some of my pickleball buddies. are like, oh, you need to do a podcast called you know the real deal or something like that. So yuck 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 yuck. Um. Mm. So. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but as Dim said, you know that that we're the ones driving this ship, so we get to decide where it goes, and and you know, and and that it's a it's a broad enough platform so that you know when Dimity became a hiker instead of a runner, you know, I mean, a lot of people really wanted to follow in her footsteps, and and mm. you know, she she um, did the rim to rim Grand Canyon, and now there's a training program for the you know Grand Canyon rim to rim, so. Um, you know, I think Dimity sometimes soft pedals, the saying that we leave from the back of the pack. I mean, she's an incredibly fast hiker. And so a lot of people really, (laughs) (laughs) really fast hiker. And so that, you know, that, um, people really are motivated and inspired by that. And so they want to be able to go on their own adventures and, and Dimity's always great at, um, having new adventures, whereas I'm kind of a rinse and repeat marathon or if I'm healthy enough. So.
1: I love that. Okay. I do need to ask my burning pickleball question, though. Mm, it's like, mm-hmm. like, what is it about pickleball? <laughs> like, why is it growing exponentially, seemingly, right now?
0: Because it's so easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it has, it's a, you can really learn in an, if you, if you had, particularly if you had a, a tennis or um, ping pong background. I mean, so many ping pong players out there, but, but if you have a, a <laughs> you know, racket sport background, you can be, Playing somewhat well in an hour, two hours, three hours. It yeah. um, doesn't take up much space, but for I think the main thing is is the talk about community. My gosh, it is an amazing way to make friends yeah. and to cross over. I mean, there are just no barriers. For I mean, I uh, my uh, good running friend Molly showed up one day. I met her um, at the pickleball court. She picked me up because we were going to go swimming together afterwards and she just looked at me and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you have made friends with the most random people." And she was so envious of it. You know that that I mean, I I travel across state lines. I oftentimes play in Washington state and um so that I mean, I know that those people are voting for somebody different than I am, and yet there we are yucking it up out there on the court having such a good time. And I mean, if you look at my text thread, yesterday finally somebody from I Um, I'm involved in a neighborhood organization here in Portland. And finally, one of the guys from that texted me yesterday. I'm like, thank you, John. You saved my text thread today from being just all pickleball people. And I just think, who would I be friends with now if I didn't play pickleball? So it's a super social sport.
2: And I'll add, my mom is a big pickleball player, and I play a little bit, but I don't have the passion that Sarah has uh, for it. But um, it is It is when you think about trying to make friends, especially later in life, like that is mm-hmm. hard, right? Especially mm-hmm. when, you know, your career, your kids are older, your career is, you know, established or whatever. So that's a really nice thing. And um, it is, it's super accessible and I'm not knocking um Sarah's age or anyone's age, but it's, it is good to keep you active and stay competitive at an older age, right? You know, where, where tennis, I know, like I, again, I used to play tennis and I'd finish and my joints would just be like, no, thank you, I'm done, you know? And so it, it's just a little, it still hurts when I play pickleball. I won't lie. They still say, <laughs> no, thank you,
1: but <laughs> they don't scream it, they just say it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, and it sounds like a lot of it, like circling back to community, right? Like you're oh. talking about that with pickleball, but also what you've created with another mother runner really <laughs> is. I mean, I know it's kind of a buzzword, but it it really is important. I think in particular for women, Um, but also for anyone to keep us active throughout our lives. So you two have done a fantastic job of creating community. Thank thank you, you, Sarah. I I would send it right back to you.
2: I think Feisty Media is super cool. And I I really, I look forward to whenever I get something, a new program that you guys are doing, I'm like, I got to check it out. Um, So.
1: (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Okay. How do we, how do people find you? How do we find your podcast or follow you on social?
0: yeah so you can go to another that's our website and there's all sorts of links on there you can subscribe to our newsletter find those plans many happy miles our store all that good stuff on instagram we are at the mother runner and on facebook that facebook community we keep talking about it we are another mother runner so yeah
1: amazing well thank you mm-hmm. both for coming on the podcast today i've very much enjoyed talking to you both
0: really fun talking with you sarah thank you Hey, it's Sarah again in the host chair, and I want to tell you all about an amazing Valentine's Day box that we have collaborated on with Fuel Goods, which used to be the runner box. And it is a collection of items for your Valentine's, your Galentine, or your best running friend, or yourself. They are so fun. And it is more than $80 worth of goodies for $45 plus shipping. It's really a great deal. It includes a limited edition buff, really cute pair of socks that have a heart on it, a water bottle, loads of goodies from Goo Energy Labs. Lots of tasty treats and, oh, some anti-chafe bomb from our friends at kinfield and more so this is definitely something fun that you want to get in on and there's a very limited number of these boxes left so to nab one for yourself or a friend go to fuelgoods.com that's f-u-e-l-g-o-o-d-s.com and click on the yellow banner at the top that says our valentine's day box is here again fuelgoods.com f-u-e-l-g-o-o-d-s.com